Hi everyone and welcome. This is episode three, part two of Paranormal Experiences here on the Junk Drawer podcast with your host and creator, Angela, with double L's. Um, I welcome you back and thank you for listening so far and joining me on this journey as I create this podcast. Um, really nothing more than to just talk about things that I enjoy or have interest in and see if it brings some joy or interest for some others. Um, You know, not to mention that I enjoy talking and this is just a creative outlet for a 30-something mom of two. So we'll leave it at that. (laughs) But welcome. Um, Thank you for coming back and listening. I appreciate um, anybody that takes the time out of their day to listen to this. And I hope in future to get... um, some additional audience members and people that actually interact and provide some topics. Um, Even though I do have a few up my sleeve that I'm looking forward to creating in future episodes. Um, But as it stands, episode three, part two, we are talking a little bit more on the paranormal experiences. Um, If you listen to the first part, um, you know that I gave a little bit of background about myself, how I believe in uh, paranormal and just that there is something, ghost spirits, whatever you want to call them, people on the other side that do want to talk to us and my own experiences that I've had um, and which led to my interest in going on ghost hunting and, you know, going to different places that have a history um, involved with them. So I figured in this second part to kind of wrap things up, I would talk a little bit more about the weird Pennsylvania book that I mentioned and some of the locations that my friends and I have gone to and the experiences that we've had um, so that hopefully if this provides an interest to some folks, um, they can maybe look locally at what's around them. But if they are in this uh, northeastern region of the United States, maybe it gives them something that they could do a day trip on. Um, or on your next vacation, if you're in this area, some things that you could come check out. Um, I, I don't know why, but I just feel like, you know, obviously the United States is not an extremely old country. I mean, one of the places I am dying to go to is Ireland. Um, I have a little bit of an affinity for that, uh, aside from Spain. Spain has been like, the country that I have always wanted to go to since I was a little kid. I jokingly said when I was growing up that in a past life, I could totally see that I was a Spanish singer um, because I my favorite color is orange. I love bright colors. I always loved the Spanish language and culture. I took it for six years in school and spoke it. Um, I love the music. I love the food. So like Spain has always been a top country that I'm like dying to get to. I've not made it yet. I don't foresee making it in the next few years because I have, you know, younger kids, um, unless an opportunity arises. But I am hoping that uh, once my kids get a little bit older and I have the opportunity to travel and I hope my husband is up for it too, because he is just obviously going to be coming along for the ride. Um, But that is definitely on my bucket list to go. Aside from there, I have this affinity for Ireland. I think it's really just stems from the fact that there's so much longstanding history there. Um, 
Another side note about me, I love cheesy romance novels. I, I don't know if that is the Libra in me that just romanticizes everything or what. Um, but they have such a great amount of history there. You hear a lot of people talk about um, paranormal experiences there. They still have castles standing. Um, so Ireland is like one of those countries that I think has... Obviously, a lot of a lot of great history. And so here, with our country not being as as old, you know, we only go back so many hundreds of years. Um, it's not like we had these established buildings here that we can go around in that are still around today. That's few and far between. But I will say, if you are looking to kind of get more of a history enriched paranormal experience, I feel like this region, this northeastern region, provides a lot of opportunity for that. And I don't know if that's because this is kind of where things started out. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, or just because, you know, the, the Civil War that was here. Um, I, I just don't know. But I feel like this is an area where when I've looked in the past for places to go, there's tons of places to go to that you can walk in and around and get those experiences. So um, as I mentioned in the first episode, how my friends and I got into this whole ghost hunting thing was this book called Weird Pennsylvania. Um, I encourage you to go check it out, Amazon, go to your local bookstore. Um, as I said, they have them for other states. So if you're not local to this area, definitely pick up one for your state and you will find there's a, a lot of great, interesting information. Um, particularly in the Weird Pennsylvania book, some of the things that were talked about had um, history of paranormal myths, you know, things that were passed around um, that had occurred there, um, experiences people had. And then some other stuff was just like strange happenings here in the area. So like for a strange happening, we have a place here called Gravity Hill. Um, you are to go at nighttime. It's this hill. There's a stop sign at the bottom. You're to park at the bottom of the hill, put your car in neutral, and your car will actually go up the hill, it will be pushed up the hill by itself and into the side of the road where there's a mountain. There's like a, a, a mountain there. On the other side, it's where like the mountain drops off. So thankfully, your car's not being pushed off the mountain. The history of why they're saying paranormally why it does this is the story was there was a school bus filled with children that were, was in an accident and they went off the side that had the mountain ending. Um, so the opposite side of which your car typically gets pushed into. And the thing is, is they say you're supposed to go on a dark night. You're to put baby powder on your car and put your car in neutral. And your car will get pushed up and away from the side that drops off. And when you check your car on the baby powder, there's handprints. Okay. So this was one of the first ones we did. Um, we went on a dark night. I think it was around 1130 at night because, you know, you don't want to go at like eight o'clock where, I mean, there are people that live around there. You don't want to go and people are just trying to get down to the stop sign to go to Walmart. Um, so we went at like 1130 at night. 
there was a group of four of us that went, um, which side note, hi, Lindsay, hopefully this jogs a memory because you were with us. <laughs> um, and we go, I remember sitting in, uh, I think I was in the front seat and I do not recall if we actually did the baby powder or not. I think once we got to the location and it was so dark and there was nobody out, I think we got freaked out a little bit. So uh, I remember we did it. We got pushed up the hill to the to the side of the mountain. We were freaked out. We did it twice at first. And we're like, oh my gosh. And then at one point, um, my friend Jen and I got out and we were, because we were filming all of this from the inside. And we got out at one point and we were filming from the outside and did it, they did it a couple more times. And it, it was just amazing to watch. Um, I kind of wished that we weren't young and scared and would have done the baby powder to see if that was actually accurate. Um, but I remember my friend who was driving locked the car and then we couldn't get in. So we were like, let us in, um, <laughs> you know, freaked out, but Obviously, with Gravity Hill, there's apparently some scientific input saying that, you know, the reason this does this is because of centrifugal force or whatever it is. Um, but take, you know, go experience it. Take it for what it is. If anything, I think it's still pretty cool that you can be in a car and it gets pushed up a hill. Um, so that's pretty much how it started was one of like the weird pieces um, we went there, as I said, we went to Eastern State Penitentiary, which is located um, in Philadelphia. Definitely go check it out. Um, there were certain places within that location that I did get like a very weird vibe, like there's something here. I wouldn't say I felt like in danger or anything like that, but you know, you definitely went into certain parts and it was freezing, freezing cold. There was something going on. Um, but even if you just do the day tour where you have the history of that facility, it was super, super interesting. And, um, when you walk through, everything's left as is the, if I recall, do you have a little like shop set up and you can see some original, um, items that were found there, um, from different inmates and people that were there that they give stories on. So that's something worth checking out. Um, Another place that we went to was um, on the category of the strange side, which was Centralia. Centralia is a town located near Ash Asheville, Pennsylvania. Hopefully that's correct. Um, I could be saying the town wrong. Um, but <laughs> it's Ash something. Asheville. I think it's Asheville, but I, I don't know. Don't quote me. But um, it's not recognized on the maps anymore because it has an underground fire that started decades and decades ago because of people burning trash. And what they didn't realize is that the location of this town is a part of coal country. And there are all these coal mines that are there and coal veins underneath the grounds. And essentially what happened was is when they lit this Thing of, of trash on fire, it caught one of the main veins of coal. And so it started this underground fire and they could not get it out. And I think they've tried over the years trying to figure out how they could get it to stop. But essentially it just, it has an unending source of fuel. So that's why it continues to burn. Um, 
So I want to say back in the 50s this happened. And at that point, it was just like they told everybody to leave. Abandon your houses. You have to move. It's not safe here. Because what's happening was is with that burning underneath the ground, it was causing the ground to fracture and come apart, much like you would see in an earthquake. And these noxious, toxic fumes are coming up from the fire. So they're like, we don't, we don't think it's safe. We don't know what the long-term like health issues would be from this. So they, they wanted everybody out. And most people did. Most people picked up and left. But there's like seven residents who refused to leave. And they were allowed to stay. But they, I guess, had to understand that they were no longer the town of Centralia because it's no longer recognized on a map. So... Uh, these people had to then go to the nearest town to pick up mail um, or, you know, if they called for emergency services, it would be coming from there. Um, but basically, they're not recognized anymore. So that was one place we went to. And it was really interesting because there are a couple homes still standing there. They have a time capsule um, buried with like a memorial um, of this whole original incident. And I believe they opened it up on the 50th anniversary, which would have been probably about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, it's just strange. You see the steps of where homes used to be, but then they were demolished. So there's nothing there but grass. There were, uh, there was a abandoned trailer there and there was an abandoned freestanding home, which was obviously very much so dilapidated. Um, just from over the years, you know, the doors not being shut, the roof not being maintained, it had all this water damage. And I recall my one friend and I went and walked through both of those. Um, we went through the trailer fully and got pictures of things uh, from the time these people up and left. And then in the house, we only got so far because of all the water damage, it ruined the wood flooring and we would have fallen through. So um, we did that. We walked down the, the main highway that took you into the town that was closed off because, again, the road fractured. It looked, you know, much like an earthquake hit it. And instead of repairing it, because that wouldn't be worth it, it would just happen again due to the underground fire, they built a small road around it so that if people need to drive through Centralia to get to the next town, they could. Um but it's just a very interesting experience. Um, other than that, um, we went to the Amityville Hotel off the Amityville exit here uh, near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I We could not go inside. They had it barricaded off with no trespassing. You couldn't get around the fencing. But I took a lot of pictures on the outside. We went at the den of night, but I took a lot of, of pictures from the outside of this old hotel, which is said to be haunted. There is a history and story with it. And in one of the pictures, I actually got a uh, little girl in the picture. And all the windows are boarded up, except for there was one small window, which looked to be an attic. And in the middle... Um, you could clearly tell like it was one of the non-boarded windows. So I was taking pictures of the front of the place. And then I took pictures of the top half and the bottom half. And when I went to look back on my camera, you could 
clearly see the body and face of somebody standing in the window. And it looks to be a little girl. And when I say we were freaked out, we booked it out of there. (laughs) But it was great to get it on camera. Um, We also went to... um, Oh, another thing in the book was talking about at Fort Indian Town Gap and Grantville, PA, which is near here. Um, it's now a military base. Um, but apparently there's this old church from the 1800s. I do not recall the story. The story's in this old Pennsylvania book, weird Pennsylvania book. Um, but essentially something occurred there. The myth is, is that the church burned down. But in the new church that was erected, you apparently see the glowing blue eyes of these men that I think were killed there. Um, But you can't get out and look through the windows or take pictures because it's on this military base. So you can drive through. But apparently if you stop or you're seen getting out and about, you could be arrested. So we did go. Um, We kept the car running. We took pictures. Um, my one girlfriend was very brave and said she wanted to get out and look inside. There seemed to be nobody around. We were off. It's off this road. And I said, well, I'll keep the car running. And the other friend that was with us said she would keep a lookout. So she gets out and then no sooner you see this like Humvee coming down the road. I'm, you know, trying to flag her down. Get in the car. I don't want to get arrested. Um, so she books it, we get in, we're acting like we're taking pictures in the car, they pass us, and I said, let's just go, you know, and I don't think we got anything on, on the, on the footage, but definitely was a strange vibe at that location as well. Um, I talked about the Gettysburg trip and what happened there, which that is just an amazing place to be, um, They have a double-decker tour that you can take, which I think is great, just to give you the history of the Battle of Gettysburg and the mindset of people there, what the typical soldier was, what the stakes were, who was in it. Um, It gives you all the good information you need just to have the history of why this battle was so important. And I feel like when you do this double-decker tour, you're able to see the landscape and the buildings that they're talking about real-time, which makes it that much more impactful. But then I also suggest that people take one of the walking tours where they walk you through some of the buildings that have been maintained from back then. Um, And there is a hotel there which you can stay at. There is one particular room that is haunted apparently by a soldier you can hear him walking around um people have complained about you know staying there and then saying I can't do it you know I feel like somebody's watching me I hear walking it's it's creeping me out um but you definitely get a vibe when you go into that location as well because it's it's beautiful they've maintained it and it has this historical smell (laughs) It smells old, Um, but you definitely feel like something's there. So the walking tours are amazing because you get to experience those buildings um, where injured soldiers were and obviously died. That's that's where everything stems from as far as these experiences and paranormal activity is from these soldiers that died from awful, awful battle wounds. Um, 
you know, basically some of them just trying to get a little bit better that they could, you know, maybe get out of there, you know, even after the, the battle was over and they died from complications and it's, it's so, so sad, but you know, it makes sense why these people are still probably walking around to this day. They're just stuck there. So uh, we did that. We, like I said, we went to other locations. We went to um, Ohio and we went to West Virginia. We did the Ohio State Penitentiary and we did the uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary, which was a woman's facility. Um, both of those are amazing. Um, I got stuff on not video recording, but sound recording um, at both locations. And I'm trying to recall, but I feel like, oh, East, I think it was Eastern State Penitentiary. I have an actual visual photograph of a man standing in a hallway that was actually locked off and blocked off from all staff and visitors, I learned, because they needed to repair the roof. And it was so bad that it was a hazard for anybody that would have even walked through or worked there. So when I showed the staff member and you could clearly see a man standing there on the stairs, she was even freaked out. And I said, is there anybody that would be back there working? She goes, no, we've had it closed down for weeks now because of this roofing issue. She said, there's nobody back there. She even went and checked um, and came back to me later on when we were walking around and she said, there is, there was nobody back there. So again, it's just, these are, it's one of those things that I think you have to go into with an open mind. Um, whether you believe or not, that's respected, but I think it's so much fun at the very least to go someplace that has a rich history involved with it where you can learn if it is a facility like a penitentiary or a previous insane asylum or a previous um, medical facility back in the 1800s. If, if anything else, I think it's great to go in with an open mind just to learn the history and learn about the documented people that were there. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these paranormal experiences and why there are shows abundantly and why people go ghost hunting, you know, is because they hear the stories of the people that have been identified through different sound mechanisms or photographs or, you know, motion cameras that verify what they're hearing or what they're seeing is matching to that particular person's story. And a lot of times I think when there is activity like that, it's people trying to get a message and whether they're stuck here or not, or whether they, they just have unfinished business, that is all debatable. But I think at, at the least, if you go with an open mind just to learn the history of these people and what they went through, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Um, because at the end of the day, I think people just want to be heard and in this instance, I feel as though it's it's great to go in and hear these people's stories. Um, you know, even going to these different penitentiaries, they talked about the different inmates that, yes, did pass away there um, and why they were there and what they did and how, how were they when they were there, the interactions they had. Um, and then that corresponds with very similarly 
what experiences people that work there or have passed through have experienced. So to me, that's what's exciting. I just like learning the history of the facility and the people that were there or, you know, the history of the location you're going to and who was there and then walking through. You almost feel transported back to that time. And I think that's what's most exciting. It's like, wow, you know, I'm like in Gettysburg. I'm here where this was a hotel at the time, um, but it was ended up being a makeshift hospital. And this is who was here and this is the type of injuries they had. And these are the people that they have signed off that were here and this was their backstory. I think that is so, so interesting. Um, but, you know, for me personally also, I feel, you know, I can feel if there's a negative energy there, if I feel like a sense of relief, you know, if I'm walking through a place. And, um, you know, so that is always interesting to me as well. Like if I walk in somewhere, how is it going to make me feel um, as you're learning the history of the facility? So all in all, as I wrap up this segment, I just, again, really encourage people that if you have even the smallest interest to really look, see what's local to you. Um, you know, I feel like most people have an interest in this topic you know, I think that's why places like, you know, Alcatraz are so, um, you know, busy with people doing tours there and such because it has a rich history. Yes, people died there. People escaped there. Um, people have talked about paranormal experiences there. Um, I, I think that's why people like to go. And I really encourage if you have any interest just to look into it, see what's near you. Um, there's a lot of times often great, great history and myths within your local community that aren't even truly advertised. So again, that's why I plug this weird Pennsylvania or, you know, weird wherever you're from state, <laughs> um, because it's going to give you some strange things around you that you could go check out and kind of make the decision for yourself. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I look forward to making the next episode um, and I hope that you come back for episode four as we delve into an interesting topic, which I'll give you a little bit of a hint, an interesting topic um, that has been brought up in recent conversations about dating in the current 2021 um, and kind of bringing in my own experiences from back in the heyday when I went through the original surge, I feel like, of online dating and my own lifetime story experience. So I look forward to the next episode. Thank you for listening as always. And I hope you have a great day and return for next time.